Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Transform Your Life with Kelly and Lisa. I'm Kelly, of course. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. (laughs) Thought we lost you for a second there. (laughs) Today's topic is really difficult for a lot of people to grasp. And we've been talking a little bit before the show about self-love. You know, it seems like a lot of people have a really skewed idea of what it means to love yourself. So that's what we're talking about this morning. If you want to join the conversation, it is 646-716-9645. Call in and add your two cents or ask questions or otherwise participate in the show. So what do you think, Lisa, where do we start with the topic of self-love? It it seems like it's not really clear what self-love is to a lot of people. So if you're explaining what self-love is, where do you start? Uh, um, Well, I, I don't, I can tell you what it's not. Um, I don't think that's a good question. <laughs> How would you describe self-love? I, for me, it's it's understanding that I'm allowed to feel about myself the way I feel about other people that I say that I love. I, I think I'd add to that that self-love is realizing that none of us are perfect. And it's accepting yourself as you are, but realizing that life is about growing and expanding and becoming the best version of ourselves that we can be. A lot of people seem to care more about other people than they do themselves. And that's always a really perplexing situation to me because I really feel like you can't really love anyone else unless you really love yourself. So I think that's probably a topic for another show, but I think a lot of people associate loving someone else with caring about them. And those are two very different things. So um, yeah, you know, self-love is putting yourself first without becoming conceited or self-centered or self-absorbed. It's, being aware of what really matters to you and who you are, you know, it's, it's, um, it's caring about everyone and everything around you and realizing that in order to take care of everything around you, you need to take care of yourself. You can't, you know, there's a saying, you can't pour from an empty pitcher. And that's kind of what self-love is. If you have nothing for yourself, you have nothing for anyone else. So, um, you know, but it is a very, a very difficult concept for a lot of people. Uh, we, we all know those people who we think of as being rather conceited, where they think they're better than everyone else. That's not self-love. <laughs> you know, self-love is knowing that you are every bit as important as everyone else. You're not better than anyone else. You're not worse than anyone else. We're all the same. And 
we all need to become the best versions of ourselves we can become. So if you're thinking that you're better than someone else and that means you love yourself, that's not true. Right. Um, being self-centered is not self-love. Um, we were talking a little bit before the show about food and food issues people have with, with um, I love myself because I accept myself as being overweight, therefore that's practicing self-love. Well, if you're doing something for your health, and I'm one of those people who honestly, truly believe there can be a healthy, overweight person, but it comes down to being the very best version of yourself you can be. If you're putting your health in jeopardy for temporary pleasure of eating, for example, carrot cake for breakfast, um, that's not really practicing self-love. Right. You know, it's, it's kind of, is what I'm ingesting right now going to be good for my health long term? That's more self-love. And, and too many people, and I include myself in that, that was a really hard habit for me to break, are compulsive eaters. And before the show, I, w- I was talking about how in my family, if you were watching TV, if you went out to the movies, if you were watching a sporting event even, you were eating and that was a compulsive eating habit that I developed over the years. And that was a very difficult thing for me to break when I started looking at my health and was I healthy. And doctors were saying, well, your blood pressure is high and you need to lose weight and all of these things that I was starting to get, you know, health issues with. So mm-hmm. that wasn't self-love. You know, compulsively eating is not self-love. That was mindless and if you are mindless about yourself, you're not loving yourself. Right. So what do, you, what do you think about that? Oh, I agree. I think that um, that there is confusion on the dynamic of self-love and self-improvement. And, you know, you are a work in progress and a masterpiece at the same time. And that's well, how can I be a masterpiece if I still have work to do, you know? So I think that's what catches a lot of people. And I've, I've been noticing on a lot of my Facebook feed that um, people are starting to come to the realization that you can hide behind the, the guise of self-love and self-sabotage at the same time. And just because you accept yourself and love yourself where you are right now doesn't mean that you're supposed to be stagnant or, right. you know, stay where you are. Obviously, that's what stagnant is. There was another word that I was trying to remember, and I, I can't remember what I was trying to use, but, you know, that, that you're – you're still supposed to work towards being a better version of yourself than what you are today. And I think you mentioned the, um, the mindless eating. And I think it's, it's more than just mindless eating. There's definitely a lot that goes into analyzing why our food habits are the way that they are. Uh, But the, the idea of, I love myself, so I'm going to have, you know, half of a pie of pizza is not (laughs) necessarily self-love, you know. And and if you don't practice the discipline behind the indulgence, 
then it's it's definitely not self-love and there's something else that needs to be to be looked at but that's just my opinion well and one of the things too that people it's not self-love is not about self-deprivation either you know it is completely okay to indulge in a piece of something occasionally um lemon meringue pie comes to mind because I'm going to a a brunch in a while here and I know this one particular person has made a lemon meringue pie and yes I will certainly have a slice but um, there's a difference between often it it gets people really hung up and I'm, I'm trying to put this in a way that isn't going to really sound like I'm beating people up (laughs) but there is a difference between normally you really eat well and you exercise and you're trying to be the best version of yourself you can be and you're thinking about your health and you are mindful of how you are uh, going through your days and occasionally you have something that maybe isn't really good for you you know like a piece of pie or a piece of cake or a cookie or whatever it is for you um And someone who uses, oh, I love myself and I accept myself, so I'm going to eat a chocolate cake today. You know, those are very different things. And we don't want to beat people up who have some sort of an eating issue. And self-love is not all about eating. And we've kind of gotten on this this topic um, from personal experience. But if you are someone who is really struggling with controlling cravings, Or maybe you've gone the other direction and you're anorexic and you're underweight and you're really struggling with trying to eat healthy things. Get a counselor, truly. You should should really think about getting into counseling or a group session or something because those can be very, very serious issues. And they go well beyond the scope of this radio show. (laughs) So... Uh, when we're talking about self-love and we're talking about self-love with food, um, people can really, really wreck their health with um, eating habits. So we, we want to make that really clear that if you are someone who is really struggling, maybe it's time to, to seek professional help. But beyond food, self-love can be the relationships that we cultivate. Self-love yeah. can be... In personal experience, also in an abusive relationship, if you are in an abusive relationship, even if it isn't physically abusive, if if you're in a relationship with someone who constantly puts you down, love yourself enough to walk away. Um, I know many, many people who have been through domestic violence events, and one thing that most of them have in common is a lack of self-love. You know, respect yourself enough to show people how you need to be treated, how you want to be treated, and make sure that you want to be treated the way you are supposed to be treated. Too often, people who have a real lack of self-love have a real lack of self-confidence and a lack of self-respect, and they allow other people to really really aggravate all of those things and it becomes a series of similar relationships. You get out of one abusive relationship only to go immediately into another abusive relationship. That's someone who really doesn't like themselves, doesn't love themselves, 
again, if, if that's you, you know, I, I do think that a lot of self-love issues really do need professional help. You know, if, if you're just someone who is going through life and, and you're going from one bad relationship to the next bad relationship and you can't figure out why, <laughs> I talk to a counselor. Again, you know, it, it's really beyond the scope of this, this show to kinds of things or to treat anything really because we're not counselors, we're not psychiatrists. But um, it all goes along with self-love. You know, again, self-love can be something as simple as um, depriving yourself of things you need. You know, there was a time in my life, and my daughter and I were laughing about this the other day, there was a time in my life where I didn't think I deserved to buy socks because I was in a very abusive relationship. And he controlled the finances, which is very common. And I was afraid to spend money on socks. So (laughs) I would either wear his socks, which if you've ever done that as a woman wearing a a man's sock who is much bigger than you are, doesn't really work very well. Or if my daughter had socks, I would hang, I would wet them. I would, you know, get them very soaking wet and I would hang them up on the shower curtain so that they would stretch out enough to fit my feet. Was I suffering from a lack of self-love? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But that was something I was able to recognize myself and say, you know what, I deserve better than this and get out of that situation. So many times, though, people can't do that for themselves and they need help doing that for themselves. But, um, you know, when we talk about self-love, it's all about respecting yourself and taking care of yourself so that you can take care of those people that you love. What it's not is being self-centered. If you're using self-love as an excuse to not help someone else, even though it's well within your means to do so, that's not self-love, that's being self-centered. Now, yes, there are extenuating circumstances to that as well, and sometimes you can help someone else to the point where you're actually hurting them because they're not learning their lessons. But that's not what I'm talking about. I, I'm talking about, you know, um, if, if you have a couple of extra dollars in your pocket and you're walking down a sidewalk and there's a homeless person that says they're hungry, buy them some food. Right. Because what that does is that really reinforces that self-love because the, it feels really good to do something nice for people in the first place. But it also makes the world a little bit better, even your tiny corner of it. If you are doing things that make your little tiny piece of the world better, you're loving yourself while you love the world. And I think it's really that simple for a lot of people is um, do something good for someone else because it makes you feel better and because it helps them. You know, helping other people really does help yourself. So a lot of times people hide behind self-love. Well, I'm loving myself, and that person should love themselves more, so I'm not going to help them. No, (laughs) not the way it works. But that's something that I see a lot is um, people saying, well, that homeless person over there should, should help themselves. I'm just enabling them. And 
Usually, that's not the case. Usually, they just need someone to show that they matter. Um, and everyone on this planet matters. Right. And that's, that's practicing self-love. What do you think? I know you do a lot. Uh, you're, you're well known for feeding homeless people and hungry people. What do you think about that? How does that tie in for you? Oh, my goodness. I'd go broke if, you know, if I could. Um, that's something that's definitely near and dear to my heart. But I, I, more so than that, I, you mentioned your socks, and I was kind of blown away by that story that you would have to stretch out your daughter's socks. I mean, because you didn't want to buy socks. And then I remembered that there was a relationship where I wore sweatpants and baggy T-shirts. And, and that was my, that was my outfit. I, I never, I didn't love myself enough to attempt to even go and risk spending money on, you know, I don't know, clothes for myself as opposed to what my family at the time needed and, and just living in the fear of the money trap and, you know, just not loving myself enough. I didn't recognize that as what it was until just now. So excuse me while I go <laughs> cry in a corner um, and try to figure this part of my life out. Like I never, um, I never realized that until now, but no, everybody, you know, there are different schools of thought going back to the homeless aspect that if you, um, you know, give a person money or give them food or whatever and show them any sort of respect whatsoever that you are actually hurting them instead of helping them. And I am the opposite, uh, you know, thought in that because I've been to the point where I've needed help. I might not have been homeless on the streets, but I've been to the point where I've needed help. And I think we all have. I just think that there's a stigma that comes along with being homeless as opposed to, hey, mom, can you watch my three kids so I can go to work tonight? There's a, that's still receiving help, just in a different form. And, and I think once we right. can break that stigma, then um, the world would be a much, much happier place. Absolutely. I, it's just... Um... It's amazing to me how people view self-love and the homeless. It's just, um, I actually did a workshop one time about um, helping other people and how that really does, really, really does help ourselves when we help someone else. Um, yeah, you can take it a little bit too far. And maybe if you help someone to the point where you need help yourself, that's not self-love either. That's a little kind of the other way. But um, still, it really, you know, every homeless person has a story and every homeless person is a person. And yes, some of them have issues. And yes, occasionally you find somebody that is acting like a homeless person when they're not. But generally, right. those people get found out really quickly. Um, there is a fairly well-known homeless person that used to be around Austin. I am certain this was 30 years ago, so I'm certain she's long gone now. But um, she went by Bicycle Annie, and everyone knew who she was. And at that time, I was working in downtown Austin, where she was 
frequently seen, and I was one of the people who would always give her food. And what she was doing is she would learn who was going to give her food, and she would learn where we were, and she would just constantly show up there, (laughs) you know, because she knew who she could count on to, to give her food or money or whatever it was she was getting. And eventually it was found out that she lived with her son and his family, really was not homeless, and really just did not want to inconvenience them. So she would get up every morning and leave the house and beg food from people and then go back at night so that she didn't inconvenience her son and his family. And when I found that out, it just really blew me away because I can't imagine how how they let her leave the house in the manner in which she left the house. I mean, really, it was it was startling to me. But um, that was the most famous case I've ever heard of, where a homeless person was was kind of really not a homeless person. That kind of goes with what was her state of mind, you know, and. And uh, that's probably somebody else who truly needed to be in a counseling situation rather than just um, at a relative's home. But still, homeless people are people. And would she have gone home to eat if if I hadn't given her lunch? I don't know. You know, different people have different states of mind. I am very close to someone who is very anorexic. And if you saw this person, you would think, um, you know, she kind of reminds me of some of the pictures I saw coming out of the concentration camps at the end of World War II. And you would think if you saw her walking down the street that this was a homeless person that hadn't eaten in weeks when that's not the case. It's a different, it's a different situation. It, it goes along with anorexia, and that's completely um, not someone who loves themselves. That self-loathing, not self-love. So I think again, I think a lot of issues that people have with self-love really do require some form of professional help, whether it's counseling or, uh, in extreme cases, maybe even hospitalization or something along those lines. But um, we're right back to food. It. Um, which says a lot about us and our issues. <laughs> but even I, I know someone who um, works out relentlessly, and yes. it's a it's a local person, and he's probably oh god, he's probably in his early seventies now. And you will drive down the highway out here, and you will see him running down the side of the road. Now this is a formal former Olympian, so he's always run. It's not like some 70-year-old guy just got up and decided to run. He has always done this. But in my mind, every time I see that, I wonder, is is that self-love or has that evolved into a compulsion of some sort? What do you think about that? You know, people who maybe they started out with self-love and maybe they started out with being their best self, and it has kind of taken on a life of its own. 
I think you can be addicted to healthy living the same way you can be addicted to not healthy living. And absolutely, I think that there is a fine line psychologically in the way that a person treats themselves when they go to the gym or weigh out their food, you know, before they eat it or whatever the case may be. So, yes, I do believe there's in, there's indulgences or overindulgences in the healthy arena as well as the unhealthy arena. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I would agree with that. That's um in in <laughs> to me someone who is constantly pushing themselves may have may have started out with I'm going to be the best I can be and maybe have overdone it. So I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, what about this is this is something that um, is really common. What about a mom who is struggling and a single mom with several kids and who doesn't eat dinner to make sure that her kids have enough? What do you think about that situation? Because that one's really, really common. And in in working with um, battered women's shelters and with women who have transitioned away from an abusive situation, that is probably the most common thing that I see is women who will not eat dinner so that their kids can have more. Do you, do you I, think they're practicing self-love? I think they're practicing self-sacrifice. I think that, honestly, if, it continue, if there's a need for you to not eat because there are only two hot dogs and the children need all of that hot dog, I don't know. That's one of those... Who do you throw out of the boat? Um, I, I, right. I don't know on that one. I, I think if you continue to do that after the fact, then it's a problem. I know that a lot of particularly women want to make sure that their kids have enough, but then the opposite of that is if you don't have enough, then you're not going to be able to be there for your kids. If you don't eat, you know, you're going you're gonna to run into health issues, not having the energy that you need at work, which could potentially get you fired. I mean, there's this big snowball effect by not taking care of yourself. But as a, as a mom with our, our instincts, I don't know that that's, I don't, I don't know if that's psychological or instinctual. I, I wouldn't know where to draw that line unless it became a problem even right. later when you don't need to be that way anymore. I, I think that's absolutely right on. I know in my case, and I've talked about this several times before, there was a time when I would um, collect ketchup packages from fast food restaurants and make tomato soup with hot water and ketchup packages. And that was at a, the low point in my life, truly. That was the low point in my life to make sure that my daughter could eat. And did I continue that? Oh, no. <laughs> As soon as I could get into a better situation, that that behavior stopped. But there was a period of time where that was 
my my go-to meal was making tomato soup out of ketchup packages and hot water. Um, and really, if I'm honest, I did not love myself at that time enough to realize that I deserved to eat a decent meal every bit as much as she did. But that was, at that time, what I felt like I could do. And that's really what I felt like I deserved. Because if I had felt like I deserved more, I would have had more. And that's a really tough part of self-love that we probably should talk about, is self-respect and realizing that we are worth everything. You know, that we are worth so much more than we give ourselves credit for so much of the time. If you're one of those people who really struggles with, should I eat? Should I feed my kids? One or the other. You're not looking at the full picture. You're not looking at the true picture. Because it is possible for both of you to eat. At that time in my life, I'd gone through so much that I really didn't think I deserved to eat a decent meal. If I had felt like I deserved to eat a decent meal, I would have spent my money differently. And I would have looked at food in terms of what is the most nutrition I can get for this amount of money rather than how much can I feed my kid and I'll just eat ketchup soup. And that's something a lot of, particularly women, uh, struggle with. That's not self-respect. That's not self-love. That's, if anything, that's self-loathing. But respect can also be how are you treating yourself? How do you treat yourself if you're home by yourself and you can do anything? What is it that you do? Because I know someone who refuses to turn on the television when her kids are not home to save money on the electric bill. Are there things she would like to watch? Yes, there certainly are. Does she realize she's depriving herself? Yes, she does. Is she loving herself? No, she's not. So self-respect really is a huge part of self-love and you have to take responsibility for how you're treating yourself if you're home by yourself you can't blame anybody for the way that you're feeling except you well you can't anyway but especially if you're home by yourself you can't blame anyone for not turning on the tv you can't blame anyone for you not taking care of yourself not showering not going to bed at a decent hour all of those things are parts of self-love, and we need to really understand that it's our responsibility. If you're not healthy, it is your responsibility to do what you can to improve the state of your health. That is part of self-love. That's just the part of self-love we don't like to talk about. That's the part that nobody wants to embrace. Um, you know, what do you mean it's my fault? No, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's your fault. You know, it. It is my fault for eating ketchup soup. It is somebody else's fault for having carrot cake for breakfast. It is somebody else's fault for running down the highway until they collapse. You know, we need to stop and take responsibility for ourselves and how we treat ourselves because other people will treat us the way we treat ourselves. 
we teach other people how to treat us by the way we treat ourselves. And that's, that's self-love. What do you think? I think I'm going to refrain from comments for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Before I actually uh, expose more about my life than I'm willing to do at this moment. (laughs) No, I agree. I I do agree. And I think that a lot of us hide behind the guise of Self-sacrifice, I'm doing it because I love everybody else and um, I need to make sure that they're taken care of. And I think that really you once told me that we could all use a therapist and sometimes I completely agree with you. And I think that in this situation, it really goes a lot deeper. And um, because I absolutely agree with everything that you said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it, it is now. a very it, it's a really difficult topic for many people self-love because there's so many aspects of self-love that people who teach self-love don't even talk about and respect is a huge one and responsibility is a huge one and people don't really equate taking responsibility for yourself and how you treat yourself as self-love. But it is. It's a huge part. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I have anything else to add to the topic of self-love. I've kind of gone off on tangents a couple of times in this show. But, um, you know, self-love is such an all-encompassing topic. And the bottom line is you, you can't love anybody else truly unless you love yourself. Right. So, I, you know, I, I did think of something. Um, hopefully I don't forget it again. You know, the, the idea of hiding behind uh, the chivalrous idea of self-sacrifice. You know, I have to feed my children mm-hmm. um, before I feed myself. I have to do this. You know, because I'm I'm identifying with one small aspect of my of my life of my personality. For example, the mom who is at that moment identifying with being a mother and has to provide for her children and take care of her kids. That that's what she's identifying with at that moment. There might be other situations where you know the guy who runs down the, you know, miles still doing marathons, which first of all I think is admirable, but second, the the concept, are you beating yourself up? Did you get bullied a lot in school and then deter, you know, all of a sudden decide that you were going to, you know, go become this bodybuilder to fend off the bullies and, you know, that kind of situation. They're identifying with that small part of themselves too. And I think a lot of what people do is because they're identifying with a very small part of themselves instead of the big picture. And we're not saying don't exercise. We're not, you know, we're not saying anything along those lines. It's are you beating yourself up or are you taking care of yourself? Because you can overdo it as well. And what, what are you looking at? What are, where are you coming from when you have to beat yourself up for three hours a day in the gym? You know, what, what is it? 
that the voices that you're hearing in your head or whatever the case may be, because we all have that voice that even argues with itself. And, and so, you know, what is it that you're really identifying with? I think it, came, it comes back to, to identity. And I, you and I had an off show conversation about identifying, um, you know, with identity. And I, I, that's something that I felt like I needed to say. Right. Well, you know, sometimes, and it depends on the person, you know, I, I have people in my life who are what I would consider to be gym rats, you know, but one, mm-hmm. I, I have a, a really one of my best friends, um, a woman who I often ride bikes with. We, we go on motorcycles. Uh, when I say bikes, I'm talking about motorcycles. Um, and she got into weightlifting because her late husband, it was something he had enjoyed. And after he died, she wanted to feel connected with him. And initially, it was her way of working through grief. And mm-hmm. she found that she truly enjoyed it. And it made her feel better. It made her feel really good. So she started entering um, just local little competitions. And she found that she really liked winning. And now she's going for her personal best. And when I first started talking to her and realizing she was going to the gym, she doesn't go every day because we live a long way from a gym, but she goes twice a week. I was kind of concerned because that wasn't something she'd ever done before. Mm. But she found a whole new way of being and in her mind, she is competing with herself. She's like, okay, last week I lifted this much weight. Let's see if I can add five pounds this week. And she finally got to a point where she said, you know what? I'm not, I'm not trying to lift more weight now. Now I'm doing you know, some other things to try to beat my personal best. So for her, that's practicing self-love. For her, she's realized that this was something she truly enjoys. Even though she first discovered it as a response to grief, it has evolved into something she truly enjoys. So I was concerned at first, but now I realize that's her growing. That's her evolving. That is her becoming the best version of herself she can be. So we really never know what anyone is going through or what anyone is thinking. And a big piece of self-love too is realizing that everyone has their own form of self-love. So it doesn't mean that just because someone is going to a gym that they're really beating themselves up. Sometimes they're just competing with themselves to be a better version of themselves. That's very different from someone who does go to the gym and beat themselves up. But we can't really know for sure what anyone else is thinking or why they're doing the things they do. Um, I had someone the other day tell me that, you know, if I loved myself more, I'd have fewer animals. And I looked at them like they had four heads and were from the planet Pluto. Because to me, that is such a huge part of who I am and such a huge piece of my life that I would be really remiss if I tried to, you know, to not do animal rescue. And this was somebody who came to adopt an animal. So it it was, you know, consider the source. 
you know, and I felt like telling them, well, gee, if I didn't take in animals and foster them to find them homes, you wouldn't be here adopting a dog right now. (laughs) So, you know, everyone does what they do for their own reasons. And I think a big piece of self-love is realizing when enough is enough. In my own case, with animals, um, for a long time, I really did overdo it. And I have learned my limits. And part of my self-love is knowing that I can't take one more litter of dogs right now. I can't take one more litter of kittens right now. I can't adopt another wounded cow right now. I am at my limit right now. And when we set those limits for ourselves, that's self-love. You know, if, if, I get, if I let myself get talked into doing any more than I'm doing right now, it would not be in my own best interest. And right. that's a big piece of self-love is learning our limits in different things. Because even something you truly enjoy and love can turn into a nightmare if you let it. Mm-hmm. That it can. <laughs> I think this is a good Have way we... to stop the show and, and maybe continue <laughs> the conversation next week. I don't know. This is a good topic. Okay. I yeah, you know, I, I if you would love to hear more listeners, let us know. We can continue the topic and really dive in a little, a, a lot deeper. Absolutely. Yep. That's that's about all I have today, really. Um, so if you're good, I'm good, and we will just thank everyone for listening. Please share the show. Follow us. You can find us on Facebook. We're all over the place. Let us hear from you. And have a beautiful, beautiful day and and week. We'll catch you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye now.